Hello, and welcome to Shockwave Solutions, where we bring to life real-world actionable insights for direct response marketers. Well, welcome everybody again to another episode of Shockwave Solutions. Today, we have the pleasure of Shay Brown joining us from Royal Kingdom PR Agency. And Emma and I have worked with her on a number of different client campaigns, and we just we really wanted to be able to bring Shay in today to talk about how to really leverage uh, using a spokesperson, engaging with a spokesperson, doctor, celebrity, and how to, how to do that in a way that enhances what your message is to your, to your customers, um, builds trust, builds loyalty, and builds a, a connection between your product and the person and building that um, in a way that drives sales and drives revenue. So Shay, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you and Emma both for having me on the show today. Yeah, so I, I always like to just get a little quick background of how people jumped into the space, how they began to get connected, and what led them into you know, the direct response industry itself? Well, my journey is really very odd. I went to college to study criminal justice. I didn't even understand what public relations was. I didn't know what it was, but I've always been mouth of the South, Miss Sack Pants. And so people used to always tell me, you should really do something with speaking. So mm. in my mind, I was going to study criminal justice and I was going to law school. I was going to put this big mouth to use. And, uh, and people from the time I was a kid would just follow, follow me. Everybody would follow me right into a butt whipping because I'd be like, let's go do this. And all these kids, I'd have a trail of kids with me and then parents would find out. And they'd be like, I'm whooping you, 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 and you. Why are you listening to her? But I always felt like I wanted to lead people. Whatever I wanted to do, I was going to bring people with me. So that just kind of um, rolled in and parlayed into my background as an athlete growing up. I was a gymnast for um, nearly 15 years and played just about every sport you can imagine. Well, um, fast forwarding that into uh, my corporate career after I got through playing with sports, uh, and all of that good jazz, I ended up meeting Les Brown, the motivational speaker at what was called the Fire of the Holy Spirit Conference here in Memphis, Tennessee, um, downtown at one of our big convention centers. And he overheard something that my dad used to tell us quite a bit. And I was really agitated with his son because I wanted to meet him. His son was stalling. And me, Miss Mouth of the South, I was like, really listen, like you're the offshoot of your dad and I'm really trying to meet Les. And he was a little offended and, and Les overheard me say something to him and I'm gonna repeat it. So if I repeat it, you guys hear it, make sure you quote my dad. Um, and I said, you know, it's hard being big when little's gotcha. And he said, what is hard big when little's gotcha? And in other words, I was telling him, I'm, I'm doing in a small pond, i.e. you. And my dad used to use, uh, use that as a euphemism for life in general. Like people want these ideas of grandeur, they want success, yep. they want all these things, but they deal in small. So you can't get big because you're afraid of big. So it's hard right. being big if little's got a hold of you. And Les heard me and I heard a tap on my shoulder and I was getting ready to fight because I'm feisty. And I turned around and it was Les Brown and I was so shamed. And uh, he asked me, what did I say to repeat myself? And I was like, dang, the one time I, I, I want to shut my trap. He was like, I already heard you just repeat yourself. So I told him what I just told his son. And he said, where do you get that from? And I said, my dad. He said, where's your dad? And I said, over there in the corner. It was him, my mom, and my grandma. And I was in my early 20s at this time. He said, go bring him here. Well, I was about 25, I think. And he was like, what did you say? So he wrote it down. And then he said, huh. Because I want to talk to you. I like you. I like your spunk. And so he got my business card. 
And he saw that at the time I was working for a big media giant company in their corporate sales. And he took my entire business card and scratched everything through. He put motivator, speaker, influencer, all these things that he saw in just watching me from a distance that I didn't even know he was there. And that's probably why his son was giving me such a hard time. He saw his dad and my back was 10. And later on that night when he got on stage with like major mega pastors like Paula White and all those kinds of things, he told the world about me and a young lady named Ja'Kalen Carr who ended up being a very successful gospel singer to watch out for these two girls that they were going to be multimillionaires and great speakers. And Ja'Kalen is, she's worked with some of the major powerhouses now. Multi-millionaire, and I was so shamed. And from that point, uh, about a couple months later, he ended up calling me. No, a couple weeks later, he ended up calling me and playing on the phone. I saw a Vegas number, and he was like, "This is the most famous cousin you have, Brown and Brown." And um, he finally told me who he was and offered to bring me out to Vegas and to mentor me. He said, "I want to mentor you. I love." like you. I think you got a lot of potential. And I did on a whim. I told my job I was taking sick leave or something. And I went on my job. He's going to 18 months and you'll be out of there. And I was like, no, I'm making six figures. I'm 25. I don't have any kids. You're crazy. He was like, I'm going to show you how to make more than that. And so he did. And, and we went out there to go meet him. And he said, I'll give you two options. He didn't say this before. Now, mind you guys, I'll give you two options. I can mentor you or I can pay you, but I ain't going to do both. Choose wisely. Wow. I chose mentorship. <laughs> I was already awesome. making six figures at 25. I was like, I choose a mentorship. And so for the next year to a year and a half, he took me on the road with him. Anytime I wanted him to speak in Memphis, he didn't charge me his normal per diem. It's like 125. He would come, pack out the room for me. We'd do a revenue share. He taught me the phrase and helped me coin the term transference of credibility. And that was the first time I really realized how impactful and powerful influence was, building authenticity, uh, authenticity yeah. uh, how people look at you as a credible resource and an expert thought leadership. He really got me into that space. I didn't know that I was doing that all along growing up with getting kids to follow me into Hades. I didn't know I was getting mm -hmm. people to do that when I was an HR nightmare and they're like, Shay, please, in this meeting, don't raise your hand. And I'm like, why? And they're like, because you're going to get something started, not knowing that I was a fire starter, not in a bad term, but like, Rainy. I really need you to help me understand the thought process, especially if I'm just proposing, you know, right and wrong. And, and that's one of the reasons why I study criminal justice. I have this big thing mm -hmm. about fairness. And Les really taught me how to utilize everything I was passionate about, fairness, right and wrong, credibility, uh, authenticity, and transfer that. And he gave me instant credibility where I didn't start from ground zero. Him being my first client, I had to learn quickly. I had to, uh, you know, learn on a curve that was so hard that it was dragging me. And he always says, if you ever heard his, you got to be hungry. When life moves on you, you better move or get or be dragged. Mm -hmm. And I really had to move. And he really taught me to be able to build organically, but at a quicker pace. And so I'm forever grateful for his tutelage and his mentorship because man, people at that level, he didn't have anything to gain by, by mm -hmm. teaching me or, or offering to mentor me. But you know, most people would have taken the money because at the time he was commanding, like I think Toyota had paid him like 1.2 million to come and speak to like a one day seminar. People would have, he would have easily paid somebody five or 10,000, you know, a month on a retainer. But what he gave me was, how to make six figures without needing him you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying or yeah. needing that big corporation and being able to fly on my own and i've had my own business now since 2010 and okay. so i'm i'm grateful because without that i wouldn't have known what to do or had the right you know networks and been able to maneuver like i have so you know i get knocked down and i get back up like he says because you got to be hungry <laughs> it's true
there's so many things that you touched on that are like we could dive into and, and have a, a very, very deep conversation. Um, building the authenticity, like being authentically who you are and owning and standing in that space, incredibly powerful, right? Like, Absolutely. And there's nothing to hide. There's nothing to be afraid of. Like it, it's just real. It's who I am. And, and I'm not going to, not everybody's going to like it and that's fine. But that's the right. people who do, man, there's going to be a, this amazing synergy that just rocket fuel and just goes. Absolutely. Um, and I love that phrase, transference of credibility. Um, one of the things that's funny, because I, I look back on my own uh, career with John at Cambridge, and one of the things that, that he used to say is that, um, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but we sell trust. Like that's I can right. offer anything, but I sell trust. When, when, right. when I work with people, if they trust me, it's like there's solutions that I can do and we can work together because I'm selling my integrity and not that I'm selling out, but I'm selling whatever I'm selling is coming with the integrity that I have and the authenticity of who I am. And so, um, but I've never heard a phrase transference of credibility, but that's a, that's a great phrase. Um, and then mentoring, right? Like we, cause we talk about mentoring regularly, Emma and I do, and it's such a powerful it's powerful in both ways, right? It's powerful to the person that you're investing in and helping them build who they are and the future of who they are. And it's powerful being able to give back to somebody. And then it's powerful to see them rise up to the opportunities and the challenges that are presented to them. It is. And I always tell people just because someone wants to be mentored doesn't mean they're ready to be mentored. Right. I was ready to be mentored and yeah. I was ready to take a back seat with as big as my mouth is. And as much as I thought I knew, I knew that I didn't know more than that man in any sense of the word from a life standpoint, from a business standpoint, a speaking standpoint. And you have to have the right mentors because some people will lead you fast nowhere. You know, I tell people that all the time. My dad is a coach. My brother is a sports performance coach. He works with NFL athletes and NBA athletes. And I've watched my dad in my 35 plus years of life, how these kids come back. They go to the NFL, they go to the NBA and they come back and they thank him. And they thank him for his tutelage and they yeah. thank him for the things that he's instilled. And they'll call me or they'll inbox me through my DMs. And I'm thinking, oh, so-and-so. And they're like, hey, where's coach? And I'm like, well, hey to you too you know, or something like that. They will find me if they don't know where my dad is. And it's so important that you have the right people mentoring the right people because you don't know where people have been through and people connect with you, like you said, on a trust level. So yeah. I think it's important when you speak about mentors to make sure you have the right mentor and make sure you're ready to be mentored because a lot of mentors will appear, but people are not ready. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And yeah. they're not. And they ruin their blessings either with their reckless behavior, their reckless mm -hmm. mouths, or their reckless inconsistency. And then wonder why, hey, you were mentored by uh, Gary Vee and wonder why you're not a millionaire now. How about Gary Vee probably told you to shut up at least 10 times or probably told you to show up at 6 a.m. And you're like, I don't no. get up till 6.30. And he's like, I don't have the time nor the patience to deal right. with people who aren't ready. So I think that's also important and I just was at a point in my life where I was ready for something I was so disgusted by where I was mm. that I hated the thought of going in and people used to tell me oh you're crazy you're 25 you don't have any kids you're making six figures you get all these expense accounts and this and that and I was like but the thought of going into that building makes me want to vomit yeah. like that's how much it was and I lived across the street from where they were in this nice condominium but I was so sick and tired of being there and I just knew at that point that I was unemployable and Les used to always tell me this too. He said, you're very unemployable. You're doing just enough for get, to keep from getting fired. They're being just nice enough to keep you from quitting because you're mm -hmm. a hitter. You're a numbers girl. And when I realized I was in that dangly place, 
you know, it was like, I'm going to have to bust a move because I couldn't live like that forever. Like I was mm -hmm. literally hyperventilating. I was like, either I'm going to fight somebody in this building because I'm just that frustrated or I'm just going to not show up and then I'm going to lose the income that I need in order to build something for myself. And everybody's not made for entrepreneurship. Everybody's right. not made for thought leadership. But I was just at that point where I was ready for somebody to show me something different. And, and thank God he, he <laughs> came to my life when he did because I was ready and I jumped on it. And so... Uh. Just took a, off there. Yeah, I had a, a football coach in high school that uh, said you can't you can't coach the want to, and the yep. meaning is like you, somebody either wants it or they don't want it. They're hungry, like you were saying, because you you phrase it and you got to be hungry, right? Yeah. Um, but if they don't have that, if they don't have the drive, if they don't have the desire, if they don't want it, if they're not motivated for change or movement or activity or momentum, you, you can't move anybody in any direction unless they're moving. But once they're moving, and it's a waste of time. Yeah. For the um, ones that want to. You for know, both, for right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Love that. Okay, so so then in 2010, you started your own PR agency. I did. Launched it on your own and said, okay, I'm ready to do it. Let's go. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I came back from Vegas. I came back from Vegas. This is what happened. And I don't think I told Emma this story. I might have told Emma. Emma, let me know if I told this to you. I definitely know this story. <laughs> okay, yeah. I asked. Valerie, I'm not gonna say her last name, but I asked Valerie, who was his publicist at the time, to mentor me. I wanted to know what she did. When I first got there, I was like, oh, I love her job. I like the way she moves. I like the, the respect she's commanding. I like all of this. And I saw, I, you know, her and I had a pretty nice relationship. I had met her previously too. And so I said, well, Valerie, what is it that you do for less? And she said, I'm his publicist. And I said, okay. And I asked her what that entailed. And so we spent, I was out there for five days. So we spent like the first three days talking about it. And so on like the fourth or fifth day, I worked up the, the nerve to ask her if she would mentor me and help mm -hmm. develop me because I was already taking his training class. And you know what this heifer told me? No. I <laughs> said, okay, okay. I didn't beg her. I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. Something in me rose up. It's that it's that that old school track athlete gymnastics, that competitor in me rose up. Mm -hmm. And I said, I bet you I'll be you before it's all said and done. And I, I just stood and took everything I could. And I still just watched her because you learn so much by watching yeah. people. I watch how she moved. I watch what she said. I watch what she did. Even when she didn't think I was paying attention, I was snapping pictures. <laughs> I went home. I prayed on it. I thought about it. I researched it. I signed up for every PR boot camp you could possibly think of that weekend that I got back. It was like the Lord whispered to me what my what the name of my company was going to be. I tried to use my name. Anything that I tried to mm. do that was all self, it was taken already from the domain names and anything. And when I said, I heard Royal Kingdom PR, I saw the dream, I saw the vision, I saw the colors. And I woke up and I just started typing in the middle of the night. And everything I wanted was available. And I said, God, I thank you. I said, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking at self and this is, and what I'm supposed to do is so much bigger, just like it was bigger than his career to help me. It was, yeah. it, it was meant to be that way. And I signed up. And from there, I said, I'm going to launch this uh, PR firm. And I started getting websites done and everything. And by the time two or three weeks later, I went to Pittsburgh with another friend of mine named Charisma, um, who was already in PR. She was a little older than me, but she was new too. But she had at least a year or two under her belt. We mm -hmm. went to Pittsburgh and we um, split this PR boot camp thing together. And we taught each other. And we self-taught. We went to about four or five of them. We learned from Jill Lublin and, and a couple of other people. And we went to a couple more events where less was they had PR workshops other PR experts and that's what I did and I was still learning as I was launching I was still mm -hmm. I was still helping less still learning still you know doing marketing for him still doing events still promoting him still doing all these things until I fine-tuned how to really use um 
the PR discipline. But it, what drove me to start was asking this woman to develop me and to help mentor me. And Valerie was already in her late 40s, early 50s at that time. So there was no rhyme or reason. And she told me, no, I mean, it, she didn't stutter. She just said, nope, and kept walking. And I, and that drove me. And I've never looked back. And to this day, she's not in PR anymore. She got out a couple of years ago, but she's an author. Um, she had a story to tell because she had been abused and some other things. But mm. that was the moment in which I was like, I'm going to make this work come heck or high water. Because this woman, I asked this woman to mentor me so I could slow roll it. And she told me no. But, you know, I didn't need her in the bigger scheme of things. And, and maybe that was just, you know, the good Lord's way of getting me prepared by saying, you don't need that. You need to focus on learning things the way that you do things according to your mm -hmm. personality. Because I don't think our personalities would have meshed either. She's very calm, very ladylike. I'm, <laughs> I cuss like a sailor. You know, I'm very like impulsive. And so it probably wasn't going to be a good fit. Like we just discussed the mentor mentee. And so mm -hmm. that was probably like, that was probably just his way of saying, you, you need to really do this your way. And if you study and you do it your way and you learn for yourself, then you don't have to worry about learning bad habits. Yeah. And so that's what prompted me to start because I wasn't intending. I was going to get the experience and go and work for an agency. Mm -hmm. And she said no. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to be better than you. And so I'm going to just start my own. <laughs> and that's what happened. Oh my God. Um, I love this. I love this so much. You have no idea. So, okay, so you launched, you launched your agency. Um, do you remember your first client today? Less. Oh, well, okay. So was, did he sign up? Did he work yeah, with you? Did he you was the first. You, you? Okay. Yeah, he was paying me. Um, we did the events PR. My second client after him, which was one that I pitched myself, because um, Les just kind of took me on and said, you know, which one you want to do, mm. was Dr. Maurice Tucker with Optimal Health Chiropractic. So I started off in the health industry. Wham! So, <laughs> so I started there. And I, I signed up, when I first started pitching, I signed up a bunch of them at the same time. And it was a lot of athletes. Tyree Washington, mm. who is a four-time um, world champion sprinter. He's an Olympian. Um, and it was a couple of other athletes um, who were, you know, big main college students who were coming out of the league. But those were the first two that were paying clients. Mm -hmm. um, the other guys that I worked with, I did more like brand partnerships for them. And so, I, you know, obviously I had to make my nut. You know, they were like, you get it, you get this. But I needed the name. I needed their credibility. I right. needed, I needed that. Build. So yeah. I was okay with doing it that way. But uh, those were the first ones um, that I walked into. So fun, yeah. So then, so now let's kind of let's let's pivot a little bit into talking about more specifically direct response. Um, you know how how do you go about like you know because you're you're you'll have people come to you and they either have a product or you'll have uh, people that you're representing and they're looking for product or how do you what's the what's the the path that you normally see from that perspective? Normally, it's one of three ways. So you've got okay. two of the three. One, I'm either representing them and I'm looking to establish brand partnerships through their um, their channels okay. because they're credible, they're uh, they're uh, accredited, they're credentialed, they're you know authentic, and they have these loyal cult-like followings, like mm -hmm. uh, with Dr. Lori Shamick. I mean, she could say, "Go eat dirt; it's going to help you get you know loose formation in your stomach," and people will be out there in their yards digging. She has, you know, 35 years of experience of being solid and having, you know, the science to back her up mm -hmm. and living, walking and talking her truth. 
So I have those kinds of clients. And then I have some clients like what me and Emma have done where they bring the brands to me and they say, we want need you to bring this partnership on and we're looking for a doctor or another medical or healthcare provider. And it could be an athlete, whatever. I've worked with the alkaline water clients who we did from health and wellness to athletes, to lifestyle experts, beauty experts, depending on what the benefits are. And then I will position the clients accordingly. So because it's an alkaline water doesn't mean I have to stick to specifically doctors. It might be a, it might be a uh, lifestyle expert or a beauty expert because alkaline water does wonders for your skin. So uh, that way, and then others traditionally, either the brand or the product come to me and help me, uh, it come to me because they want me to help publicize or Mm -hmm. gain publicity that drives awareness, drives eyeballs, drives traffic back to their brand product or service or whatever it is that they're trying to do. So it's one of those three ways that people generally come find me. Got it. Okay. Okay. Um, and are there certain things that you really look for when you're, when you're either talking to a celebrity or a spokesperson um, or a brand, you know, what, what are the things that you're looking for? Or do you just kind of go, well, this matches or there seems to be a fit here or just, you just see the connection or what's that process look like? You know, I'm really, I'm really instinctive. I'm really intuitive. So mm-hmm. sometimes, most of the time, about 70% of the time, I'm like, I can see the, the, the forest from the trees or yeah. as another less euphemism. So you'll like this too. It's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see the picture cause I'm not in the frame, you know? And so I don't know what it is. It's a blessing. I'm really, really good with seeing the strategic partnership. I'm really good with seeing how things mesh together. Like click, yeah. click. I'm like, these click, this clicks, this clicks, this clicks. Um, and that could be from a variety of ways, either from an audience development standpoint, a credibility standpoint, if it's a new product and they're looking for that credence, mm-hmm. or they're looking for someone with a big uh, audience that has high conversion rates, or they're looking for someone to, to drive brand awareness or something like that. I'm really good. So 70% of what I do is instinct. I just kind of know if it's going to make sense or not. And I can, and then once I know if it makes sense, then I can flesh out the details with, you know, all the parties that, that need to know why this makes sense. And then the other part that I look for, if the talent comes to me, because I have an mm-hmm. influencer agency as well called Fit Smart Life, uh, which I deal with sports, fitness, health, and wellness, that's it. And those, and I deal with the partnerships between brands and those experts and authorities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part is I see, I, I look at, how are they viewed in the marketplace? You know, kind of like what's their audience development when I'm pitching uh, an athlete client, I, you know, I look at their background, obviously, you know, is this, are they good for press period? You know, like mm-hmm. do people want to hear from them? Are they, you know, are they a press machine or can they potentially be a press machine? Maybe that people don't know about their, their story yet. Um, you know, are they a headache? I don't want to deal with nobody. That's a headache. I ain't the one, you know, like, I'm not that publicist that's just going to say yes and play along and get along. Emma can tell you, I, you know, I have some choice words for these people. So I have to make sure it's a good fit for us personality wise yeah. too. I like to work fast, high intensity, aggressive and everybody that's not for everybody. Right. You know, I've represented a lot of A-list boxers where some are very good about, yeah, they like that. And others are like, Oh, you're trying to handle me. You know, you get those celebrities. You, I don't like to be handled. I'm like, you need to be handled. You're 45 minutes late to every interview. And they don't like that. They feel like mm-hmm. you're talking back. And I'm like, but I'm grown, so I'm going to talk back. You know, like, and I'm not going to be held responsible for the results because you want to be late. I had one boxer, well-known boxer, if I said his name, y'all going to be like, ah, oh. he was 45 minutes late to the Beats by Dre campaign. We're at the Beats by Dre office like this. 
And they're like, can you call him? And it's white as crystal in there. And I'm sitting there and I'm so embarrassed and I'm calling his sister. I'm like, could you tell to come on? She's like, he's in route. He's in route. <laughs> this is 30 minutes into it. But like, he was always late to every deal I brought him. He didn't mm -hmm. like to be handled. And he told me that he was like, I don't like to be handled. Okay, you were late everywhere. You were late to, you know, the real husbands of Hollywood with Kevin Hart. You were late, like, because your girlfriend was taking forever because she was in the scenes too. And I'm like, but I'm, I don't represent her. I represent you. You should have left her. She got a ring, <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm getting, we're getting paid for this. You're playing games. And so, you know, and I booked it for her too, even though she's not my client, she still owe me my cut to this day. But, you know, like you have clients like that. So it has to be a good personality fit. It has to be someone who enjoys the way you work or likes the way you work. They may not mm -hmm. like you per se, but you have to like that person enough to get along with them to be like, okay, look, we can look beyond that. We ain't going to be best friends. We just cool. We cordial. That's my agent. That's my representation. That's my publicist, but she handles business. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that they'll all say to me, you know, and I, I'm sure some of them probably fake it because I make them money. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure they don't all like me. But the one thing they won't say is I don't work hard, I don't advocate for them, and I don't, you know, and I don't handle business. And I think that it, that's probably the second part of what I look for, because most of the time the, that 70% where it's instinct is kind of like, I know they'll be a good personality fit, you mm -hmm. know, brand fit, press fit, and all that for the brand. So it's pretty, kind of pretty easy, but for the ones that come and actively want me to pitch them, those are the things that I look for. Okay, okay. And so when so now let's kind of talk about either either copywriters or advertisers coming yeah maybe they've got the product they've got you know their idea maybe it's an informational product maybe it's a health product maybe you know, whatever what are the things that make a really good client from an advertiser's perspective coming or a copywriter's perspective coming to work with you um you know what do you look for in those things and and what makes good clients and what makes a terrible client does yeah. that make sense yeah yeah absolutely the tone those copywriters and advertisers who can capture the essence and tone of that spokesperson. Mm. Stop trying to make them sound robotic. Stop trying to make them sound higher educated than they are. Some people are very good with layman's terms, but they're articulate. And some people, you know, need a grammarian, but that's how they speak. So if they're, mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, you know what's up. You have to allow that authenticity. One thing that I do when, especially like when I work with social influencers and yeah. brands come to me and they want, like I have a couple of influencer campaigns I'm working on now for clients that are more in like the humor space. And one of the things that I had to get across to them was don't tell them how to be funny with your product just because it is a humor product. Let them naturally do what's inclined in their tone. You have to be able to tailor your copywriting, your advertising to match the tone of your spokesperson, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. If you try to force it, just like a, a circle will fit in a square, but a square won't fit in a circle, same concept. It's not going to come across credible. It's not going to come across authentic because people are going to reference their social channels, their videos and say, that doesn't sound like her. I've never heard no. her use the word auspicious a day in her life. You know, well, auspiciously speaking, or, or, you know, or whatever, or somebody says conversate, and they want to change it to converse, let them say conversate, you might say, I know that that's just what because people resonate with what's true and authentic, especially yeah. in this cancel culture, people will cancel you out if they think you're a fraud, they'll call mm -hmm. you they quit to call people and things scams nowadays, they don't care about being politically correct, they care about you being real. So I think that makes what that's what makes a good client. You know, it's people who capture that and those that make a bad client are those that really try to force things that don't fit, you yeah. know, whether it's the, the writing style, the, the speaking style, the video concepts, the, the personality. If it doesn't, 
fit. It just doesn't fit. Let it ride. You know, I'd rather you come back and say, Shay, who else you got? Because I thought we liked them, but oh, we ain't really driving with them. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. Or for the client to come back and be like, don't try and say that, you know, you like uh, Nike if you wear Reebok, then just say, Shay, see if Reebok is interested. You know what I'm saying? Don't, and they look on your social media and here you are in every, you know, Reebok jogger you can think of, you know, or, or, or fitness apparel. So mm-hmm. I, I just believe that, you know, sometimes the money isn't the end goal. We all want to make money. Don't get me wrong. Run me my coins. But, you know, we, we have to do it in such a way that's going to create more revenue streams. And that you do that through building authenticity. Yeah. You, you, you know, you can't look for the one hitter quitters. You might yeah. make 100000 over here one day, but you missed out on a million because that million dollar brand is like, they just take anything. This doesn't even, this isn't even on brand. So it had to have been about the money. Just right. like you wonder why some actors and actresses take on some of those Netflix series. They're not always very good, but what they say, that bag. Netflix got a bag for you. So, and you're like, how did they get Jennifer Aniston and, and Brad Pitt and Halle Berry to act in these subpart movies? You know what I mean? You think about how much they command. And you're like, Netflix? And they're going straight to Netflix? It's like the old school straight to, you know, yeah. straight to Blockbuster. So, you know, I, I think that if we focus on the long-term game and people, you work with people who are interested in the long-term opportunities, mm-hmm. those are what I find are the best clients. And everybody makes money, everybody's happy, and, and you know, things continue to expand from there. Yeah, I was saying like, uh, it's gotta work for everybody, it doesn't work yep. for anybody, right? Yep. Um, and, and the thing is, it's so much more fun, like when you find a win that everybody wins on, like, mm-hmm. it's so much more fun. So, um, yeah, knowing when to say it, it's not the right fit, knowing when it's like, this isn't going to work. And then being yep. comfortable and confident in saying no to that. Um, that's good. So when you're going through that process and you sense, you know, you think it's a good fit and then you begin to kind of see like, maybe it's not the right fit. Do you allow that to play out? Do you kind of step in and nope. suggest that? What do you? <laughs> no, nope. and we can talk about the last project. You know, we don't have to say the client, but if I get a win, because I'm really big, like I just told you, I'm very intuitive. I'm very mm-hmm. empathic. I'm very, you know, I go a lot on vibes. I go a lot on discernment. I'm very discerning, very spiritually aware, you know, from, from my own spiritual and religious background. If I sense it, if I smell it, if I see it, and if it's off, I'm going to watch. And when I get that confirmation, I'm out. I'm not going to belabor something because at the end of the day, my character and my reputation is on the line. That of my client, that's more to me than anything. And my dad used to tell me all the time growing up and we're both diehard Steelers fan. And I heard Jerome Bettis say this about his dad too. And I actually met Jerome Bettis too. So, and he repeated it when I told him I, um, what me and my dad like kind of held on to. And, he, and his, he used to say, his dad used to tell him, son, don't get out there and embarrass me. Don't embarrass my name because all I have is my name. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's how my dad raised us. He was like, don't, and my dad's a teacher. He's always taught at every school I was at. Coach at every school was awful. You know, like absolutely awful. You know, football <laughs> coach. So, you know, it was just one of those things. But he used to always say, don't come in here and act like I ain't taught you anything. Don't come to school mm-hmm. clowning. And he calls me clown and I hate it. But he used to say I was clown growing up. He was like, you always clowning, always showing out, always getting in trouble. So he's like, don't go in here clowning today. Don't go in here showing out today. Don't go in here embarrassing me because I'm going to get you. In other words, he was saying, my name is on the line. I can't tell somebody else's kids to do this, and my own kid is acting up. 
So I'm going to need you to get it together because all I have is my name. All I have is my word. All I have is my character. And my dad's such a big character guy. And that's yeah. one of the things that I respect him more than anything. No matter what he's, even my grandmother before she passed, all his siblings, he's one of 11. You know, my grandparents have known my dad since he was a teenager before they passed to my mom's parents. And no one ever said my dad was disrespectful growing up. Not one adult, not his mm. godfather. And I said, not one, his siblings. They was like, no, he's missing goody two shoes. It wasn't that he was a suck up. It's just whatever the adult said, he was, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Very militant. And he just mm -hmm. didn't believe in disobedience. And so he was like, it was about character for him. He realized that, that he was a person of his word early on as a kid. You know what I'm saying? And he didn't like drama, he liked trouble. So he just said what he meant and meant what he said. And I translate a lot of that into my own working relationships and uh -huh. even my mom in her job she's a uh, marketing coach for a kfc franchise so i got that background from her and she's a big mouth too like me but you know character man I, I'm, I'm just not willing there's no one client who's ever going to pay me enough to retire not now <laughs> so with that being said i can't be looking at you like you're the end all be all i've got to keep me in check and it might suck in the moment but i'd rather walk away and that's why you can't find anything out there on the internet in all my years of being in business, whether corporate or on my own, where people say, oh, well, Shay doesn't do this, Shay. No, because Shay will cut it off at the kneecaps. And you mm -hmm. too. You know what I mean? Because I just believe that follows you. That's something that transcends with you. And character is not something that can be taught. Either you got yeah. it or you don't. And I just, yes. I'm, so I'm not going to play in that, play with fire like that. If you're not honorable, credible, or if I don't feel the situation, you know, is mutually beneficial, then I need to skip to my loo and leave. And I'm out, you know, and I'm not going to argue with folks. I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. I'm be like, I'm out. And then I'm going to block you if you keep calling me. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm petty like that. <laughs> That's so great. So here's what I, I mean, really what, what you're evaluating to me when I'm, what I'm hearing you say is you're evaluating character right, on both sides, you're evaluating the character of the brand and the company, you're evaluating the character and the value of the, of the spokesperson. And is it a fit? Is that character or the values in sync? Does it make sense? Um, and when it does, then it, it works great. And when it doesn't, you can't, there's nothing you can do to try to make it work. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and on top of that, and is my is the credibility of the client commensurate with compensation, because if someone's bringing you all the credibility, mm -hmm. you have zero and you're new, you ain't going to get away with paying them chump change because they are the reason people want to buy. So I make no mistake about it. Money's still very important in this equation, but mm -hmm. I'm not going to sell out for money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. that, that, that's a close second. So it has to, those two have to balance out, but you, you, but I'm not going to allow that to be the only factor. Right. I also, I don't want people to hear this podcast who haven't gotten a spokesperson because they think that they can't afford it or they're not at the mm -hmm. place. Because we have created situations with influencers, uh, spokespeople that were not a ton of money up front, but paid over time based on performance. And so it really can help you scale. It's, it's not as expensive as people think. Right. Um, and it really can help you scale and give you that extra set of credibility to your product. Um, so I just want to throw that in there because I don't want someone to hear that and be like, oh, well, I can't call her because I would have to have $50,000 to hand her today. And that's not how this works. Mm -hmm. 
No. And it's, it's much like social influencers. You have nano influencers, which are your, you know, people who are just starting out, but they have a very loyal support base to mm -hmm. micro influencers. You hear that term used interchangeably yep. a lot, you know, power influencers. And then you have your A-list or your celebrities. It's that same thing. It's a tiered process. So depending on how involved you want these spokespersons, how much credibility they lend to your brand, if you're going to have multiple spokespersons, multiple lines, is it a multi-year deal? Is it one that you want them to uh, perform several deliverables for, or you just need them on an offshoot, maybe a video, a VSL of some mm -hmm. sort? Um, you know, a social post or, you know, maybe just to, you know, uh, be that spokesperson for a press opportunity that you have that you can't land without having someone's credence. Um, you know, to land you on somewhere like the doctors, if you had a spokesperson to say, hey, our, our, our uh, spokesperson was on the doctors, blah, 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 and you've pitched it or your PR person has pitched it, but it's Dr. Lori that they, that's actually going on, you know, because they're not mm -hmm. doing branded content. You know, people do want off on those, and those are project-based things that, you know, people like myself and some of my counterparts that we do for our clients, because some people don't want long-term solutions, and some, and some clients, some spokespersons don't want long-term opportunities. Right. So it's something affordable out there for everybody, but you have to set the proper expectations, and the way you do that is with deliverable-based outcomes. And when you do that, then people don't feel like they're getting slighted or feel like they're out of budget or feel like, you know, they're that people are going to underperform everything is commiserate with what you want them to do so i tell people don't shy away don't run away from it best you can do is inquire and you'd be surprised how many people negotiate these celebrities mm -hmm. aren't getting deals thrown at them or spokesperson getting deals thrown at them every single day so a lot of times they have a baseline but they're willing to negotiate and you just have to be willing to stand firm now i'm not saying they won't walk away from it because they will i've seen it happen a lot you know they're like no i ain't gonna do that that's just too low and it's happened to me i'd be like okay well that's all the budget i have so have a good day and i'll come back and make it some more, <laughs> you know, but you don't, you can't be afraid to swing. And just because one says no, doesn't mm -hmm. mean you won't find six or seven that are in the same field or that are have similar backgrounds that someone won't take a chance given that they see long-term opportunity. So again, people who are looking for the long-term gain, meaning building strong relationships yeah. or looking at multi-dimensional ways to work with people again, or being able to offer additional resources, like, you know, you come with press already ready, you mm -hmm. know, with that person or you're willing to have your internal team help drive press or help drive traffic back to some of their landing pages as well people are more inclined to work with you if you're doing the give and take like you yeah. like you just said travis this yeah. is one of the reasons i really um like working with shay by the way let me just point this out uh travis real quick i can spend for our clients hours on upwork LinkedIn, trying to find a spokesperson or an influencer for the project that we're trying to deal with. Shay and I have a, for many reasons, I'm sure you can tell we have a great relationship. We have a, <laughs> it, I, when we met, it was either going to be oil and water or we were going to be fired together. Unfortunately, we were fired together. Um, <clears throat> we work very, very well together, but it's nice to be able to go to her and say, okay, here's where we're at. Here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I want to do can you find me a spokesperson? Here's my budget. And okay, well, you want this, but this is what you, you can get. Or yeah, I see that you want this. Mm -hmm. She has this book of, of a massive amount of people. And if she doesn't have the right person, she goes out and, and finds that someone. <laughs> right, yeah. right, and find someone. Instead of me sitting on Upwork, LinkedIn, going through Google, looking at doctors, you know, I, I remember a few years ago, I had no idea how to find spokespeople. And I remember literally making, we had our customer service team, like no kidding, make a list of doctors in a certain um, 
um, you know, specialty and just going through and what a ridiculous waste of time, by the way, what a ridiculous waste of time. It was, it was two months of nothing. It was absolutely insane. Um, but we, you know, live and learn. And so now we work on multiple, we've worked on multiple projects together. We just call Shay and say, Hey, you know, here's a campaign. I'm looking for someone to mm -hmm. uh, be the face of here's an entire supplement line that we want to come out with. There's going to be a three-year project. Who, who can we work with? Um, so it is really nice to have that <clears throat> um, PR firm to work with, uh, the person who's going to yell at the doctor, you're 45 minutes late and you're, you're supposed to be recording a VSL. The person who's going to, and she, she checks her spokespeople. I've heard her do it. I know she does it. So. Well, thank you, Emma. You have to because it's about a win-win. And, and, mm -hmm. and again, no one client is going to pay me enough to retire, whether it be the brand or whether it be the spokesperson that I bring to the brand. Like, you're never going to pay me enough to retire me and to live the way I want to live and the way I want my son to live. So I've got to make sure that I'm operating in excellence and integrity. And that means also being fair to the brands as well. I'm not one of those people that believes that my client is always right or that the brand's always right. I'm always like, like I said, I'm not in the frame so I can see the picture. And I'm yeah. like, nah, you weren't right over here. She was right over here. But I see how she misconstrued it because she didn't mean it that way. You know, mm -hmm. or there was a miscommunication or a breakdown and now let's fix it because there are things that go haywire as we know, you know, through miscommunications all the time, yeah. as all three of us know. And you just have to do the best you can to maintain your sanity for the sake of the deal. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I'm not a Trump fan by any stretch of the imagination, but when you talk about the art of the deal, that's what I interpret being the art of the deal. Mm -hmm. The art is being able to successfully uh, toggle between everybody and making everybody's wants want them and everybody's happy and everybody is like in this harmonious space not that it's always peaches and cream but everybody feels like they're getting what they paid for mm -hmm. so right. and that's the art and that's that that dance that you have to be able to do and i'm just fortunate enough that on this end that i'm able to see from an objective space and i don't have to really take sides i have to take the side that's going to make the most sense for the deal to work and, and this is what's so important about taking the time at the beginning of it all, yeah. making sure it's a fit at the beginning of it all. Mm -hmm. um, we, we have created a guideline, Shay and I, in working together. There are very strict rules because we're both control freaks. And we're both, we <laughs> are. We, no, I mean, we both are. We both are. And we're both very intense people. And so mm -hmm. we can get on a call, we can get on a call with eight other people and no one has a chance to talk and we're just barking at everybody. And I really think that, you know, it can be, it can, it can get to be, it can be, get to be a bit much. So we actually have a, a SOP for dealing with each other. Um, and, mm -hmm. and no, seriously, for dealing with no, each other. No, that's true. How, how <laughs> we, I'm not surprised how, by that. Not how we speak, that. how we speak to each other. We, there is no niceties between her and I. There is no small talk. There is, I mean, obviously we've become good friends. I, you know, I know about her children. She knows about my children. I know about her family. She knows about my family. I know her story. She knows my, I mean, it's just a, it's, it's a, you know, it, over time, you know, we, we have gotten to, you know. Despite your SOP. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, no, but we do, we have an SOP. So basically I, I talk to Shay directly, always, never the spokesperson. Shay directly, Shay talks to the spokesperson person directly loops them in when she needs to yeah and then she talks to me directly not the client 
If yep. she has an issue or a problem, she does never, even if the client does something that pisses her off, she doesn't call them yelling and screaming. She calls me yelling and screaming about them. <laughs> and then we'll say, record this and send this. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know what? Oh, and she will, Travis. She'll record it and send it to her and be like, like, did you really send it to her? And she'll be like, you said record this and send it to her. And I did. I recorded it and send it to him and here's what they said, you know, <laughs> what you do, but it's a mutual respect that Emma and I have for one another. Right. I don't play about my clients, you know, they're not always right, but I'm, but I'm their pit bull. You know what mm -hmm, I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I'm the same for the other yeah. side. And yeah. we've learned, we've learned like, okay, we're not going to walk to the table and I'm not going to try and BS you to get a, an right. unfair price for your client. Cause I know you're not going to allow that and vice versa. Right. And so we basically, here's what we're laying out. Here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we're going to work together. Are you in or are you not in? And we know that as intense as we are, we can talk to each other all day. If I'm yeah. mad, I can call Shay, yell and scream, losing my mind, and we'll, we'll work it out and vice versa. Um, so it's been really, uh, mm -hmm. go ahead, Travis. I was going to say, because the only reason, in my opinion, the only reason why that works is because you're, you're driven by fairness. Right. Yeah, like that's each it. of you, each of yep, you. And yep. if you weren't, if you're like, I'm going to get mine, it wouldn't work. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And, that, and you remember me saying I have this thing about fairness. I'm, mm -hmm. it's an, I remember I almost didn't get a job at an ad agency. This is, you know, mind you guys, I'm 21. So you don't have many references. So who I put down, I put my mom down. That's why <laughs> my mom is like, she's like me. So she's not a liar and she ain't going to lie for her kids. And my dad was the same way. Like we'd go to school and get in trouble. And I'd be like, I didn't do it. He'd be like, yeah, you did. I know you did it because you tried it at home. And so he never let me, never took my side in front of the, when the teachers or administrators oh. were present, my mom was the same way. And so at 21, I get this, she gets this call and, and the lady was like, a Barbara Rose, I'll never forget her. Man, she, she's so amazing. But um, she was my first mentor. And she called and she said, you know, one of the reasons why I accepted one of your, your uh, references, she said, because I felt like they were so authentic and true. She said, because who puts their mom down as a reference? I said, well, look. I don't have that many references you can call. And she said, and I knew from then, she said, because one thing about it as a mom, she said, and you'll find out someday when you're a mom, we know our kid better than anybody. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing that we're going to say that's not going to be true about our child. And we're not going to take up for them. If we feel like something is too big for them, we're not. And she asked my mom what my Achilles heel was. And my mom said, injustice. Fairness. She has the thing. I would have guessed your mouth, but <laughs> <laughs> no. My mom said she has a thing about right or wrong, and so one day I got in trouble for chewing gum at work with Barbara Rose, the same black lady who came, little tiny lady from black lady from Brooklyn, New York, and this guy named Bill was chewing gum. He was an older guy in his sixties, but he smoked, so she would let him chew gum. Now we were at an ad agency and on there, and I was chewing gum, and she told me that I was chewing gum like a. W-H-O-R-E. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, mind you, she's a mentor, so she's giving it to me straight. And she was like, you can't work, change club attire into business attire by putting on a jacket. She was like, your heels are too high. I'm going to teach you how to be a, a successful woman of color in business. And there are certain things that you can't do. There are certain protocols that yeah. you're not going to do. And so when I was chewing the gum and she said that to me, something prompted me. I said, well, you let Bill chew gum. I said, what's the difference? Because he's a white man. And then mind you, I'm young. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm saying to her. She's a black lady, by the way. I'm just mouthy. And she said, spout your gum. She picked up the trash can for me to spit my gum out. And I pushed the trash can away. And I said, I'm not trashy like you and she said come to my office and she told me she's gonna take you outside and horse whip you 
And I, she said, some things are as black and white. Uh, some things aren't black and white shade. You're gonna have to learn to operate in shades of gray. And I said, not in my world. And she said, you know, one of the reasons why I hired you. And then she proceeded to tell me that story about my mom. So she already knew that I thought like that, but she had to get me out of that space where I, where it was a yes or no. I'm mm -hmm. still like that. And I, but I've learned that everything's not what it seems. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I knew he was a smoker, but he's a 60 something year old guy who shook like crazy. He was having these fits and that was nicotine gum. Yeah. Oh, so I it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. but me, you know, in, in my, in my, you know, in my uh, want to be like fair and, you know, all these things, not really knowing. And mm -hmm. so I had to learn early on, like what Emma was saying about protocol about SOPs about how to deal with people accordingly and I just kind of take that into my relationships one thing that I really like about working with Emma is that we can toggle back and forth she calls me all the time I sometimes I'll be like oh and roll my eyes she's like I don't have time to talk to you I just got a question so blah, blah, blah. all right Emma I'll answer she's like okay okay back click and I'm like what like, wait a minute like that's literally how she prefaces the call <laughs> when she calls me I don't have time to talk to you I just have a question and it's that quick and I'm like anybody mm -hmm. else I cuss them out but in, in my defense in my defense in my defense I have called Shay and five hours later nine beers in we're still talking in my defense that happens so when I call her during a work day I let her know like hey it's a work day I'll call you eight tonight when I'm about two in and we can laugh and talk all night but we I mean in my defense Shay yeah, you, and sometimes you know I'm like, you know, yeah, and sometimes I'm busy and I don't have time to call. I don't have time to talk to you. I'm like, hey, I'm doing such and such. Or yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. But that's funny. She but literally answered the phone one day and said, I'm in training. What do you want? <laughs> I was totally good with it. I was like, I need this, this, and this. Send an email now. Can you get it to me by the end of the day? Yep. Hung up. It's, it's the best yeah, relationship. Yes. It's the best yeah. business relationship I have because I don't even have to pretend. Yeah. No, There's she no doesn't either. No, I don't. I, I don't yeah. pretend anyway. I don't pretend anyway, but you don't care. Most people actually care that I don't. No, pretend. I don't care at all. I'm just like, what you want, girl? No, not at all. When you like people, when you genuinely like people, though, you nothing mm -hmm. doesn't, you don't look at things from a lens of offense. Yeah. And I think that's where you have to get to in business, whether it's mm -hmm. the line of work we're in or whether it's your re uh, relationships with, you know, your personal people, sure. your intimate space. Stop looking for reasons to be offended. Yeah. I right, had to learn right, that. Right. Man, I had to learn yeah. that because I used to get so offended and be ready to run. And I had to realize, Shay, some things ain't even that deep. Let's take it all in, process <laughs> it, and then filter it out because I'd be ready because I was like Tasmanian. You just had to let it run its course once you riled me up. But I've learned, I ruined a lot of relationships and blessings that way by getting ahead of it mm. because I was looking from a spirit of offense, from a lens of offense. And, and I wasn't being authentic to myself if something bothered me. And mm -hmm. that's where I had to go back to saying, Shay, what made you who you were and what made people gravitate to you is your ability to be real with yourself. And you tell people how to treat you. So they're, they feel like they can be real with you too. And they feel like they can be themselves. Right, the expectations are known. The expectations yeah. are known. And, yeah. that's, and that's, you take that into this line of working with these folks people too, because people read through BS. Like we're not the pillow guy. I wouldn't buy a pillow from him, <laughs> no matter what. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, I, but I really believe Bob, whenever he had all those, the, the little soap and stuff, the, the guy that got hit in the head, I would have bought anything from him. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like, he was happy. I would buy stuff from Bob Ross, the artist, because he's quiet and that's him. You know, but like you get these people out here that are very info commercial like, and I've mm -hmm. worked with a lot of those people 
and it comes off really sleazeballish. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so people just have to know when and where, you know, kind of like to lay their their foundations at and who to put your um who to put your your credibility behind. And that also right. goes for clients too. You know, don't just take the okay. money and put your credibility behind anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Um, I want to be sensitive because I know we have a hard cut, cut off time, but oh God, I'm having so much fun here too, Shay. So thank you so much. I got about 10 us. minutes. For, I got about 10 minutes for you. <laughs> Travis, when, when her and I talk, a lot of times I'll go back on my back patio because my daughter can never, like she, my daughter moved out last week, but we've been talking for months, like for hours, right? And so I'll go on the back patio where, you know, no one can hear and we'll just be on speakerphone and just going, going at it like she's sitting in the room. And Gabe will walk out onto the back patio. He'll hear Shay's voice. His eyes bug up and he immediately turns around and goes right back in the house. Like, he's like, I don't want no part of these two because, <laughs> no. One day we were talking, she's like, girl, I got to come to Texas. I was like, oh, you should. He was like, let me know because I'm booking that week to go stay in Texas. <laughs> Tell him, bye. We don't care. Bye, Gabe. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fun. He, he just gonna miss out on a good time. That's all. Yeah, he, I'm, he lives with me. He has a hard time handling that. He couldn't <laughs> take two of us. Oh, yeah. Two of us would. Oh, God. Yeah, go with Travis. I'm gonna help him pack. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a lot. Um, Emma, what else can we cover in, in the time we've got? Because I really, and maybe we've been, I mean, I'd love to have you back at some time if you're interested, because yeah. this has been. Yeah, I've got until 515. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it, it would be nice to have her back because there are some, uh, we didn't even touch on, we didn't even touch on the things that I actually wanted to touch on. So we may have her back, you know, in a month or so um, to talk about uh, branding because she does a lot with branding and booking and um, I, I would love to get her ideas on that. But I think for right now we've done a, a decent job of just kind of walking through um, the importance of influence and, and spokespeople. And I, I do think that a lot of people or a lot of copywriters or a lot of new advertisers think that it costs a lot more um, than it actually does. And so I'd love to just kind of talk through with you, Shay, um, when you're looking, when someone's looking for a fit for a spokesperson and they come to you and they say, here's my brand, what is the best thing that they could, what's the best situation they could bring to you? Is this already written copy? Is this already defined mm. ideas? Is this, I mean, I actually know the answer to this, but if you could just kind of talk through that, at what point should someone call you when they have the idea, when they have all the paperwork, what, what point should they get you involved? They should get me involved when they're clear on what it is that they want to do. Um, <clears throat> when they understand their audience segmentation, because I'm always going to ask them, okay, who are we talking to? Mm -hmm. Because the same way that I would have someone like a Dr. Lori talk to who's 62, you know, who's a nutrition is not the same as I would have my 26 year old independent music artist. They're just mm -hmm. the, you know, they're not the same. They're, they're power influencers in their own respective space. When they understand a lot of the demographics in terms of uh, audience segmentation, uh, reach, um, what type of credibility are they looking for? Are they looking for someone to just uh, be involved in the copywriting of it all to, to make sure things are lined up and on board and they're speaking from a, uh, an expert resource if they're looking for thought leadership or if they're looking for someone to wield their influence over the current market space. They have to be clear in their entire brand identity before they come to me. 
Mm-hmm. And that includes your branding, what you uh, what you look assume that's going to look like. And you don't have to necessarily have it 100%, but your identity system, these types of questions I'm going to be asking you, what are your long-term goals three months from now, six months from now? What does the launch look like? What does your go-to-market strategy look like? I'm going to be asking those kinds of questions. And if you can't say to me, okay, this is what my team makeup looks like. This is who's responsible for this. This is what our audience looks like, or this is the intended audience that Mm -hmm. we want to reach. This is what this product is about. This is who we've designed this product for. What is this product a solution for? If you can't answer those types of questions, you're not ready because I I can't position you with that right person who brings that uh, ability to bridge that gap. Yeah that doesn't make sense for me. And I'm like, you're wasting time. And then you're going to be mad thinking that my client is a uh, professional salesperson for you. And they're Mm -hmm. not, you know, Mm -hmm. a spokesperson is to build credibility and awareness. They are not responsible for yourselves. You're supposed to utilize and leverage utilizing all different forms or different modalities in marketing and PR, whether that be content marketing, Mm -hmm. influencer marketing, social media, any modality that you think that you're going to be leveraging, you're supposed to be using their brand positioning in the, in the global economy, whatever ecosystem that you're in to uh, with those modalities to create brand awareness and drive traffic. And you're not going to be able to understand how that cycle works and how the entire ecosystem works with a spokesperson and where they should be included, where they should not be included you know, what's internal, what's external, what's internal copy, what's external copy. You're not going to understand any of that and the complete flow because you have to be able to operate in flow. If you don't, if you can't understand that flow, you're not ready for a person because then you're going to be expecting them to do more than what they're, what they're designed to do. And you're going to get mad. It's just like, if you say, you know, like spark plugs have their job in the car, but if you put spark Mm -hmm. plugs on a tire, on spokes on a tire, it's not going to do the same thing. That's because it's intended to be under the hood, you know? So, You have to make sure that you're utilizing them the right way and leveraging their influence and their credibility and their brand positioning in your industry um, the right way. Otherwise, it's not going to make sense. You could have Kim Kardashian out there representing a product, but if people aren't clear on what you stand for, just like she wouldn't stand on something anti-surgical. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, they'd be like, wait a minute, ma'am. These two (laughs) things don't even add up. One of these two things are not the same. You know, and I tried to prevent that from happening because people often come to me and want like some of the athletes that my brother represents or wants me to go to my brother and ask them about him. But I'm like, but your product has like CBD in it. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. some and, and then back before they were going to stop drug testing, like they could not have that in their system. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like can't use that product or there are certain nutritionists that other nutritionists and wellness experts that I represent and they want them to use an organic vegan gummy, but it's got a lot of sugar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not going to use it. It's got too much sugar in it. <laughs> right. So why would you want me just because she says she's a health and wellness expert and you're positioning your brand as a health and wellness expert, but you want me to speak to someone who's, who uh, okay. specializes yeah. in anti-inflammatory. Sugars is inflammation. This ain't going to work. <laughs> so like that kind of stuff. So you really, really, really have to know who you are and what your brand's identity is about. Like period, right. we can worry about colors and all that stuff later. That's all right. stuff that can be changed, the vanity stuff. But the core essence of your marketing strategy, you need to have a good bit of that completed, or we can't talk because I'm not going to build your marketing strategy for you, or you're going to pay me for it. Mm-hmm. For real. Well, and I see how like having a copywriter who's really in depth into the story and the identity and the avatar of who they're speaking to their audience, like. I can see where there's a nice synergy between a, a really good copywriter and PR and connecting those, those dots. Oh, yeah. 
Absolutely. And for one of the, the one of the companies that I subcontract my PR services to, we have a whole team of copywriters, whole team of writers. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. On the other companies I've ever had, we had to write it on our own. We could just send it to copy editing, you know, but I love it. We, we send them a concept and they draft up this beautiful piece. It doesn't matter what it is. And then all of them have their specialties. You know what I'm saying? So it's love. I'm like, whoa, this makes it so much easier for me just to create pictures out of these articles. But that's so important. And because most of the time they understand strong content marketing and that's a gem, man. And, and maybe we'll get into that in another call when we talk about branding. Okay. People don't really understand how important content marketing is. They think they need, you know, public relations. They think they need, you know, this type of campaign. They think they need a social media ad campaign. And a lot of times what they need is a strong content marketing plan and just mm. leverage those other modalities, you know, like influencer marketing, like spokesperson, but it all comes back to strong content, strong storytelling, you know, and good copywriters know how to make those words come to yeah. life. Just like I can do that with speaking. They can do that on paper and it's beautiful or they can yeah. create strong VSL and strong visual imageries if they're a videographer just in ways that we can't just the way we do things and paint words with mm -hmm. my with my mouth they do that so eloquently in their lane and sometimes you have to have that person because people learn and, and hear and and filter things differently I'm very you know visual and auditory you know, yeah. and some people are just auditory. Some people are just visual and you just have to be able to have someone who can appeal to all those senses. So having mm -hmm. a strong content marketing person and strong content writer is huge, man. I can't, I can't say that enough. They, they, mm -hmm. they create the pitches that make or break a lot of times too. We're building a brand around one of um, Shay's clients, uh, literally uh, uh, an entire supplement brand. It's been such a fun uh, project to work on. It, we've been, we're about what three months in, two and a half, three months in. Um, but the copywriter that we hired through Copy Accelerator, um, shout out Copy Accelerator. Um, the copywriter that we hired, who's amazing, had sat and watched hours and hours of the doctor's videos, the same videos over and over and over again. How does she form her sentences? What words mm -hmm. does she use? Because he wanted this. Um, He's doing a TSL. He wanted this TSL. If someone went and watched a bunch of her videos, um, would they hear her in this TSL? And so it's written as if it's her. Obviously, she signs mm -hmm. off on all of it, makes sure that it's, it's all medically accurate. But it's very much her voice. And I remember, do you know the, um, the interview she had where there's like two doctors on one side and two doctors on the other side, and she's fighting with everybody? You know which one I'm talking about, Shay? Yeah, on the doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it, that was fantastic, by the way. So they literally like pit two doctors on either side of the room against each other who have opposing beliefs, and super classy lady, super classy lady. Without telling them to f off, she told them to f off. Like it was so great. She was like, "If you weren't so worried about money and were more concerned about people's health, you might actually make more money because you help more people." It was really great. It was fantastic. But he watched that one over and over and over again. And, and he wrote it in that tone of voice like that. Very much, this is real. This is accurate. This is, I am backed by science and you will not question me. Go sit across the room. It's, it's a, so far, it's really, it's. Yeah, it's she's really like that. She's a, mm -hmm. she's a class act, man. She really yeah. is. But she, you get her mad, you know you've really done something. Because that woman, <laughs> it takes a lot to get her there. But you yeah. know, she just learned that through life and through living and, mm -hmm. and you want people that have experiences and she has so many that she can share. And, 
you know, and she stays true to her brand. She doesn't care how much money you are. She stays true to who she is. Yeah. You know, she ain't hurting for no money. Her, she's been happily married forever. So when you're just in a different headspace, and, and that also speaks to the, uh, the, the spokesperson too, you got to make sure that person is in a space yeah. to be helpful to you, man, because people go through things and you have celebrities, like you see these celebrities go through so many things and they're just not in a space to be good for you or for themselves. Like they need some additional support. So make sure that you are both in a space that you can give and receive from a place of authenticity, from a place of, of just being, a place of just flowing and a peace and tranquility because it's nothing like a peace of mind, man. And when you work with people who aren't phased by nonsense or who aren't phased by drama, man, you get so much further. Because Dr. Lori, I get a hold of her and she either tell me yes or no and we keep it moving. And we rarely disagree. And I appreciate that about her. And I have some other clients that are like that, that we rarely disagree. And then I have some that are always disagreeable. <laughs> and I'm like, dude. And so I just stop, you know, when they, when they know me, when I stop fighting, for them and i'm just like so what you want to do and they're like well what you think i'm like i don't know because every time i ask you something you'd be like such and such so yeah you're nice so i'll go back and tell them and when i get to that space with them they all kind of like <gasps> that means like i'm one foot out the door i don't really care i'm not giving them the extras i'm doing just mm -hmm. enough to, you know to cover what i'm supposed to do what what you hired me to do but those extras like I had a client today who's an actual anesthesiologist. I want to talk to him. Uh, uh, I want to uh, talk to you, Emma, about him anyway for another project. But he's an anesthesiologist who has a luxury men's loungewear brand. And nobody knows that he's behind it because it has a very um, crass name. But no one knows it's, it, it's him. And, and off the air, I'll tell you guys what it is. But, um, <clears throat> but today we landed him Yahoo Lifestyle for his men's underwear. And he didn't like the way the author put up the um his logo he was like can you go back to them and tell them to change the logo what you don't tell mainstream media <laughs> that you don't like the way they positioned your logo and i said doc no i said we'll get blackballed and we'll get blacklisted like that i will I, I sent them the logo because that's all i had at the time and it came directly from your website so please go back and tell your website designer <laughs> to change the way it looks on the website and going forward i will be mindful to use the most up-to-date form of what i have he was like okay and i sent back after he said okay because he was i could tell he was a little hissy with me and i said sorry about that i'll be more mindful going forward he was like thank you you know and i so i had to kind of take some of the ownership but not really but still letting him know i'm not it's a little acknowledgement yeah, and telling him that, you know. Here's why it's actually your fault. It, it was really his fault, but I took I love having those calls with clients. I make Travis actually deliver that whenever, whenever we're going to deliver, here's why this is your fault. I make Travis come on and deliver that because he has such a really great way of delivering that. A little softer. I know, but he's very non-confrontational. Yeah, he, and I'm super, I'm. Yeah, you're, yeah I mean, you are. You know. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I would rather you, yeah, I could see why you would have to deliver the news. Because yeah. they'd be like, Emma, you know what, Emma, this isn't going to work. And Travis is probably like the Mr. Save the Day, like, because if Emma gets on, it's going to not come across very kind, <laughs> very, very client-centric. But I can kind of see that because he's very like, you know, guys, we really could have done this a better way. And, you know, you're, you're like, all hold hands and sing Kumbaya together. Meanwhile, oh like, y'all need to fix this and not do this again because if you expect me to do my job and you <laughs> you want me to yeah, back out we're just going to cut Emma off the line. <laughs> I'm just very I'm just very blunt and to the point. I don't I, I I don't appreciate when people beat around the bush. If I'm doing something wrong, tell me yeah. what it is so I can fix it. We don't need Move to on. talk about it for twenty five minutes while you stroke my ego. I don't need to have an ego. 
we're all about my time let's move right we're all about one thing that's getting it done so let's get it done what did i do wrong okay it'll never happen again promise you that but life but life teaches you that the older you get it teaches you that you don't you don't know that because i wouldn't have known that at 25 Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i'd be trying to rationalize it you know but as I've gotten older now, and you know, you're in a different place in your life, and Travis is a different place in his life where you just learn to take those experiences and focus on being solution oriented. Mm-hmm. And that's good business advice for anybody, whether they're young, old, newer, or whatever. Yeah. The, the, the quicker people learn that, you know, just to focus on let's get the results. Cause I was like that too, but I was so impatient that it came across wrong. So yeah, I came across yeah, a lot same, like you, same, you know, and, and I wish I, I want to talk for 45 minutes yeah. about where we went wrong. I want to yeah. identify what we did wrong so we can fix it for sure. But and the second forward. I know what and move forward and move yeah, forward. Moving. The yeah. second we identify what went wrong, we don't need to discuss it and then discuss it and then discuss it. You, it took me 4.4 seconds to let you know that I was pissed off at you. We don't need to keep going around for 45 minutes. Yep. Here's the solution. Let's fix the problem. And here's why this monkey is going right back to you because you messed up in the first place. (laughs) You see? And that's why Travis needs to say because they don't want (laughs) you to put it back in their lap. Like, because that's one of them. It's your fault, not Uh mine. No, ma'am. Travis, you take it from there. I'm glad you got a nice Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You got a good yin and yang. Don't let Emma deliver the bad news. She's always right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a blast. I love, loved having you on here with us today, Shay. Um, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, we'll, we'll add a website, email, whatever information you want to include. We'll make sure that's in the, the details here. But if there's anything that you want to share with us right now, I'd love to make sure we have that on here for you. Yeah, if you go to my website, it has every way to contact me. That's www.royalkingdomagency.com royalkingdomagency.com. I'm at the same name, Royal Kingdom PR, on all uh, social media channels. It's public. It's a lot of my private stuff. I'm not very business savvy when it comes to just streamline business. So don't be on there talking about, well, why she got on a bikini this day and she got on a business suit that day. (laughs) That's me. I'm in the gym. I'm doing me. And so what you see is me. And people either love me or dislike me for the same reasons. You may see me cussing a video, chart it to my head and not my heart but I'm me. And that's what, you know, what I was trying to drive home on here. I'm authentically me. My, you know how Erica Badu, the singer said, I'm not my hair. I am not my career. I am <laughs> Shay Brown. You know, I'm a mom. I, I'm a daughter. I'm all these other things. So what you see is the totality. So don't be shocked thinking you're finna find Miss, Miss Pris and a well-packaged put together. If you go be a nosy on my social channels, you're going to find a lot of stuff and a very opinionated things. Um, but you're going to find me. And you're going to be able to make a, a, an assessment very quickly, like, oh, yeah, this is how she is. You know? <laughs> but again, but the nice me is on www.royalkingdomagency.com and also on my LinkedIn under Shay Brown. But all the other channels, you get Shay. Just everyday Shay. So, yeah, we'll that's link them. Make- we'll link them to your uh, website and whatever else you want to link to um shay thank Along you so much yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you so much this was so fun um uh, for you. sure appreciate you and and your partnership with shockwave over mm-hmm. you know, pretty much since we became shockwave you've been part of uh, yeah us and so i mean long before i was ever shockwave you and i were friends and now we get to be uh partners and vendors for each other and I just really appreciate your uh, yeah yeah, I really appreciate the synergy and the ability for us to be authentically us to each other all the time 
Likewise, and thank you all for having me on. I know I speak fast. They'll catch on. That's the good <laughs> part about podcasts. They can replay it. But if they do have any questions for the next time, gather those for me, and I'll be sure to run it down, uh, run down the line items. But I, this was great. I always love doing interviews. It's, sometimes it's nice to be on this side and not yeah. pitching clients on that side all the time because um, we can kind of control the narrative. So I appreciate you, Travis, for thank being so, so patient. Emma, as always, love you, babe. And I'll see you I love you, you babe. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Shockwave Solutions, please visit our website, follow us on Facebook, or email emma at shockwavesolutionsllc.com.